Hey, it's Brian Volkweiss, director of the movies that made us, and I'm here with Mo and Max on Buzzin' the Tower. I say thank you, Sigourney, for your time. This was great. And she says, oh, my God, this was fun. You reminded me of so many things, blah, blah, blah. She's taking her microphone off. She's like, how was your interview with Carrie Hinn? And I'm like, well, to be honest with you, Sigourney, uh, Carrie has not said yes yet. She's like, are you serious? I go, yeah. She goes, do you mind if I call her? Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) So again, this is during COVID. So I had interviewed her over Zoom. Mm -hmm. We had a crew in her house with real cameras. So I'm watching her on Zoom call Carrie Hinn. But one of the bigger names in that episode, she also called and was like, why aren't you doing this? It's like the best interview I've ever done about it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Prepare to be stuffed in our DeLorean and taken on a trip through the best decade of film ever. Hey, Mo, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. So if you love Caddyshack, The Goonies, Aliens, Weird Science, Spies Like Us, The Great Outdoors, Empire Strikes Back, The Great Muppet Caper, Pretty in Pink, Predator, Rocky IV, Roadhouse, Say Anything, Real Genius, Short Circuit, Some Kind of Wonderful, Beverly Hills Cop, Akira, Tango and Cash, The Breakfast Club, and They Live, just to name a few, then sit back, relax, and get ready to be entertained. Because we came here to chew bubblegum and podcast about 80s movies, and we're all out of bubblegum. If you haven't already, subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave a review and a five-star rating. It's a moral imperative! You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, and all social media platforms by searching the tag at Buzz in the Tower. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, The Tower. Also, check out our website, buzzinthetower.com, and grab some officially licensed gear. It's so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking some up. Now, if you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. Head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash buzzinthetower. With memberships as low as $3 a month, you can have access to tons of extra content, and a portion of all proceeds go directly to Save Ferris. Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Capsiva Pain Relieving Gel. Arthritis, muscle soreness, psoriasis, this all-natural gel designed to increase blood flow. Max, I I can't just read. I got to speak from the heart. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If if you're riding Falcor all day long and your legs are sore. (laughs) No, it's like the Duke brothers in Coming to America. You're back after after Capsiva. (laughs) (laughs) This stuff is great. Go to their website, capsiva.com, and you can do a free trial of it. And we're real fortunate to work with them as a sponsor because this is something I believe in because I, again, am old as dirt and need this to basically get up in the morning and move around. Yeah, it spikes me up too. Yeah, and you're not as old as I am, but you certainly are falling apart. Yes, I am. Well, we sit down a lot for the show. (laughs) We do sit a lot. So capsiva.com, try the gel. It will change your life. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Bolton Legal Group, and you can find them at boltonlegalgroup.com. 
Max, remember when the Alpha Betas burned down their house in Revenge of the Nerds and they threw all the freshmen out of the dorms so they could live there? Such a jerk move. Super jerk move. And while the end result was the formation of the Trilams, which who could say that was a mistake, I can't help but feel that if Lewis and Gilbert had just called Bolton Legal Group to deal with their property dispute, they would have been back in the dorms ASAP. Oh man, that's a good one. Aggressive and efficient, Bolton Legal Group is there to win your case. Contracts, real estate, tax, they do it all. Even if alpha betas are involved, Ian is not scared of Ogre. Nope. He is not scared of... Stan Gable. Thank you, Matt. That's why you make the big bucks to remind me of things. I do? No, Give not at all. You'll get, you'll get nothing. <laughs> Unless, if you have a dispute with me, you know who to go find. Go talk to Ian at Bolton Legal Group. <laughs> uh, you can call at any time for a consultation, 248-595-0001, and tell them Buzz of the Tower sent you, and get ready to win your case. Today's episode, The Movies That Made Us, Brian Volk-Weiss. If a podcast had a soulmate, Brian Volk-Weiss would be ours. The creative genius behind The Toys That Made Us and The Movies That Made Us is a true hero to the retro community. If you ever wanted a deep, behind-the-scenes look at classics like Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, or Aliens, Brian is your guy. Today on Buzz in the Tower, we are honored to chat with our brother from another mother, creator, producer, and director of The Movies That Made Us, Brian Volk-Weiss. I'm Mo Shapiro, and joining me as always, the guy who is convinced Brian will show up as promised, Max Sanders. And with that, let's cross our fingers and hope for the best. You're so negative about this. I just, this is a big one, because Brian is... Who hurt you? <laughs> it's what so happened? true. It's Actually, so, I know. We'll it's tell so one, true. We'll tell it one, day. one day we'll tell the story of the, the first, celebrity the first, that left me yeah. broken. Yeah. Oh, he, he did leave me broken. You're kind of needy. <laughs> a little bit. But here's the thing, dude. Like... Brian and his show and Netflix, it's it's wildly popular. Yeah. And part of me is I've got a little bit of, you know, of a complex. Imposter I'm like, syndrome? I'm like, is he really coming on buzzing the tower? We're awesome. We are awesome. That's a fair point. Tell yourself that in the mirror every day. Thank you for putting me in place. I yeah. appreciate it. Max, welcome to the show. Hi. We've got uh we got some time to kill as I sit here and look at my screen that says <laughs> Zoom. Yeah. And I'm like, when am I gonna hear him come in? When is the doorbell gonna ring? <laughs> come to me, Brian. Come to me, sweet Brian. So I'll start off with a couple quick reminders. The first of which is like us, follow us, social media at buzzinthetower.com, all that fun stuff. We really appreciate the support we're getting. Yeah. We are a listener supported podcast. We have 1,800 reviews on Apple Podcasts. That's, uh, that's all five stars. That's amazing. Well, no, there's there's one that wasn't. But, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I found him. <laughs> What'd you do? It's, it's best if I don't record what I did. But oh, man. Just know that it's taken care of. That's all you need to know. I'm scared. You should be. We've got a lot of great stuff going on with the podcast. Please follow us on social media at Buzz in the Tower. Check out our website. Get officially licensed merchandise. Uh, we had a nice run on shirts and sweatshirts, uh, stickers, all types of great stuff for the kids. Do yeah. it for the kids. Put them on their faces. There you go. That's don't put stickers on kids' faces. You don't do that, like keys no. on the cat thing. No. Additionally, <laughs> I'm going to apologize ahead of time right now because this happens whenever kids work. Whenever we have a celebrity <laughs> interview, I always screw up our ads. So if they come in a little bit weird halfway through the show, it's because I probably forgot to do them. No and one notices. You're a good editor. I, I try, but it'll probably be jacked up. Okay. And then let's talk Patreon. Are you ready? Yeah. Because uh, we've got some people that are waiting for permission to buzz the tower. Let's give it to them. Sorry, goose, but it's time to buzz the tower. Max, the beast that is our Patreon grows each day like a gremlin getting wet and eating past midnight. 
Is it like Spike, the one that's like the awesome one? Yes. Okay, it's good. The, so for those who don't know, a Patreon is an opportunity for our biggest fans to get access to behind the scenes footage, videos, and input. You love input. Yeah, input. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We're going to do movie commentaries eventually. Yeah, we're going to do everything. So the more people that Goonies join- first. Uh, definitely Goonies first. The whole process has been exciting. There's a lot of people that wanted to show support. This is the best way to do it. So right now I'm excited to announce a whole other batch of co-pilots that have joined the Buzz in the Tower Patreon. A reminder, go to patreon.com slash buzz in the tower and you can enter at a goose, an Iceman, or a Maverick. Pick your pleasure. Pick your pain. A little Hellraiser. You like that? I don't know that. You should know that. Yeah. Watch all the Hellraisers. All right. Welcome co-pilots. Let's start with our gooses. Zach Majundar, Lainey Morrow, Chinna G, Hepler, Tomer, Josh Rumanap, Logan Light, Alan Borman, Sarah Moraes, Jeremy Jenna, and Brittany. Those are our gooses. Goose, goose, goose. Should we send them mustaches? No. Oh, okay. It's a weird thing to send. What? Again, Goose has a great mustache. It does, but we don't send mustache hair in the mail. That's not a good idea. Just fake ones. Can we go to our Iceman? Yes, fine. Okay. You're dangerous. Our, our Iceman and women, Wade Dobson, Jack Rikiki, and Mark Correa. Icemen's welcome to the party. Woo! 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 And then we've got some Mavericks, They're as always. They're we, dangerous. We got Jim Neal Jr., Sal Matera, and Redfro. Ooh, Redfro. So giddy up. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Patreon, and thank you for your support. That felt good. I feel good uh, shouting out those super fans. Want to feel even better? I do. I got a message yesterday on Instagram. Oh, I know all about this. Yeah. I watch, I read your messages. That's creepy. I'm watching what you do. <laughs> Tony Huddleston Jr. Big fan of the show. Huge fan of the show. Yeah, just out of nowhere came. He's like, hey, today's my birthday, January 25th. Can you shout me out? And shout out we shall. Yeah, happy birthday, Tony. Happy. Happy birthday. He was watching Karate Kid too while he was messaging wrote, us. Wrote so many, so many nice messages and we really pride ourselves. Like people go through stuff every day. Max, especially you, you're dealing with something new every five minutes. It's incredible. It's self-inflicted though. It's, it, it's amazing. You, I, it, it should be easy, but every single day it's like some breakdown, but that yeah. we can make people laugh and act silly that people can say, wow, you know, I thought I had crippling anxiety and then I listened to <laughs> Max Sanders on Bus in the Tower and I feel better about myself or people like me, right? Uh, bullies that what? need to reel it in a little bit. <laughs> Are you doing that? <laughs> Maybe. I'm trying right now. No, I mean, big shout out. Happy birthday. And we're happy that we're able to give you a little distraction as you're dealing with uh, what you're dealing with. Yeah. So happiest of birthdays to one of our super fans. And, Tony H. Uh, yeah, we hope all is going well. And we look forward to continuing to converse with you. Max, now that we've gotten all those things taken care of, I, I got a feeling. What? I got a feeling. Just wait for it. Welcome to another celebrity interview that I was terrified would not show up so we don't market it ever until they're actually here. And Max says, Mo, relax. It's actually happening. It always happens. It does. It's easy. One that, time. That stinks of jinx. Please don't say things like that. <laughs> uh, we are here today and humbled to have Brian Volkweiss. Brian, there is a list too long in which to give you credit for. So I will hop into the pieces that I think are most fascinating, but I encourage you, whatever you're working on, whatever you're doing, throw in there as well because our fans are going to go nuts when they realize who you are. Again, welcome to the show, and I want to shut up. Tell us about Brian. <laughs> I'm born in New York, uh, you know, in the late 70s. Uh, went to college in Iowa, been to Ann Arbor a few times, like it quite a bit. Nice. Uh, let me thank you for being a firefighter. Appreciate that. Oh, thank you. And thank you. I don't want to leave out Max here. Thank you for being a bartender. <laughs> 
I love both equally I important. Love, I love my, my, my booze as well. Yeah, man. I mean, I got out to Hollywood in 1998, didn't know anybody, fell into comedy, made a bunch of stand up specials, got real lucky. Toys That Made Us by a thousand random lucky breaks, got greenlit at Netflix, and it changed. The whole company almost overnight after it premiered led to movies that made us and a bunch of other crap. Right. How's that? I'm not the best. No, that was great. Well, right now I'll, I'll brag on your behalf because I know it's always awkward to do that. Not everybody's built like me where I just will walk into a room and start bragging about myself and Max will have to tell me to shut By up. The way, I, I'm always impressed when people can do it. Like I'm never <laughs> like thinking they're egomaniacs or anything. I'm always like, I wish I could do that. Yeah. Where's that gear? I know. I it's, have it. it's, yeah. it's awful. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I've got, I've got a, a 10 year old dog that unfortunately has that gene. And when you see it in someone else, it's not as cool as when you see it yourself. <laughs> it's uh, it's rough. But I know you have a company, Comedy Dynamics, which I believe right now is the largest independent comedy production and distribution company in the U.S. Uh, to, in the U.S., that's 100% accurate. I always assume there's some company in India, China, <laughs> I've never heard of, and they're making more than us. But theorizing that's not true, we we are the biggest. That's awesome. That's awesome. So Max and I have internet stalked you nonstop since we uh, found out that you're going to come on the show. I don't know things like your favorite color or who your first kiss was with, but I do know that one thing that we probably share in common is you have a general passion and appreciation for the fact that you were a nerd, you're a nerd culture, and a lot of the projects and things that you work on kind of revolve around that. But when we watch the movies that made us, it feels like you've crept into our brain and pulled out our favorite movies and threw it into this show. You're very modest. And I appreciate you saying that all these different lucky you know, scenarios popped into it, but you're also really- honesty, dude. It's true. Well, I, not to interrupt. No, no, please. It, it really is true. I appreciate that. I also will add, you're really talented and you really speak to this generation of people like my age. And I assume you're pretty close. I think I want to say you're born in 76. Yeah. So I was born in 78. Max was born in like 99. I'm kidding. 85. 85. All right. He's a baby. But back to the future. All right. That's the year. You've got three seasons of the movies that made us and you're, you're covering 16 movies. And of the 16 movies, oh, Max, I want to say, was it nine of them? I think it was nine of them are from the eighties. And I just want to start with your movie selection. So you're putting this together. Is it as simple as you just sitting back and saying, these are the movies that were important to me. How did you pick these amazing movies, which are mostly the movies I would have picked too? It's a process. I'm sure you're not surprised to hear. Um, we send a list. I'm going to give you the cliff notes version. Uh, we send a list to Netflix. They tell us what they like and don't like. They suggest their own movies that are based on data. Uh, we go back and forth until we agree on a list. Then we do research because sometimes these big movies, they are made and they come out and everything goes great. And that's great for the people making the movie. It's not great for the people making a documentary about the movie. <laughs> so sometimes we have to tell Netflix, hey, we love this movie, but we can't do it because nothing went wrong. Uh, or there's only one time we started working on an episode and had to stop. Uh, and that was because everybody was dead. Oh, uh, man. So uh, and that movie definitely did not shoot in the 80s. Yeah, I was going to um, say, God, that's a horrible, tragic thing. If it was in the 80s. Yeah, no, no, no. It wasn't like that. They all died a very old age. OK, so um, so then once the research comes back and we feel good that there's a, an episode, we start doing pre-interviews. We interview everybody, not every, like we didn't interview Sigourney Weaver three times, but other than people like her, we usually interview everybody three times. So there's two pre-interviews. Uh, the second pre-interview is taped. The first is not. 
and then we do the actual interview. But during the pre-interview stage, if we start to feel like, eh, we don't know if this will be a good episode, then we go back to Netflix and we find something else that we think will be better. Your access is incredible. I mean, you're getting, we were just talking about the Aliens episode, which to see all of these characters, and I didn't even know the story about the original Corporal Hicks and that he was removed from the production of it and the access. Is that a product both of the relationships that you've built in your career, or is it you get Netflix behind you and it's a lot easier to knock the doors down or is it kind of the two combined? I I would love to know how you connect with all these amazing actors, actresses, writers, directors. It is the most random process you could imagine. And I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you two examples. Uh, I'll give you two, I'll give you, I'll give you two. Yeah. I'll give you two examples. So aliens gets approved. We're working on the episode you know, from day one, trying to get Sigourney. We're trying to get Sigourney. We're trying, and we can't get her. Pass, 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 pass. Then one day, I'm talking to a friend of mine and a guy named Ian Romaine, who actually was working on our Star Trek show for History Channel, Center Seat. And Ian told me that one of his best friends, a guy that I know, was going back to a funeral and Sigourney was going to be at the funeral. So at the funeral... I probably shouldn't say this, but it's interesting. It's his dad's funeral. At his own father's funeral, he goes up to Sigourney Weaver and he says, hey, my friend's friend is making a show for Netflix about aliens. You need to do it. And of course, she had never heard of us because no one told us. No one told her we had been asking. (laughs) By the way, fun fact for you. The amount of times we have an episode come out and the actor goes crazy that we didn't try to interview them because their people blocked it yeah, yeah, yeah yes yeah i mean we almost got sued once and oh, we had wow. to send a thousand we wouldn't have been sued yeah, yeah. <laughs> the actress was very angry um we we sent like three or four dozen emails of trying to book her anyway so sigourney says yes we're told we only have uh, 40 minutes three hours later i say thank you sigourney for your time this was great And she says, oh, my God, this was fun. You reminded me of so many things, blah, blah, blah. She's taking her microphone off. She's like, how was your interview with Carrie Hinn? And I'm like, well, to be honest with you, Sigourney, uh, Carrie has not said yes yet. She's like, are you serious? I go, yeah. She goes, do you mind if I call her? Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) So again, this is during COVID. So I had interviewed her over Zoom. Mm -hmm. We had a crew in her house with real cameras. So I'm watching her on Zoom. Get on her phone and call. Oh, my God. That's call incredible. Carrie Hinn. Uh, I don't want to say who, but one of the bigger names in that episode, she also, in front of me, called and was like, why aren't you doing this? This is like, it's like the best interview I've ever done about it. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Two weeks later, we're interviewing the other person we couldn't get. Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Dobie Real Estate. You can find them at wearedobie.com. And when you work with Dobie, and I've said this before, I will say it again, you can expect best-in-class marketing services. They have a dedicated team that is there to make sure that your house sells way faster than anywhere else, a comprehensive market analysis of your home, and a proven lower average days on market. Competitors are about 29, 30 days. They're at 25. Wow. 
That five-day difference is critical because right now, a lot of people are making bids sight unseen. They want to buy houses. So you need to have the best working with you. And Dolby Real Estate is the best of the best. And I'm not just talking a karate tournament. Is Chris Penn going to show up? No. <laughs> Established in 2018, uh, they've got over 114 employees, 95 agents, $400 million in sales in 2021, 1,000 homes sold. If you are in Birmingham, Rochester Hills, the Gross Point area, Southeast Michigan, Northeast Michigan. I don't care if you're in Ontario, Canada. These are the guys to call. Can you call them from Canada? Yes, you can call them from Canada. Okay. Excited that they're our partner, love sending work their way, a joy to work with, and they will get you into your house or out of your house better than anyone out there. Every person that you're interviewing, even Landis, who had those moments where I know you're making that face because you, could, I could tell when he was, he was my favorite. Because he was so real. He was honest. He's like, really? I need to introduce myself. But you could still tell, even though there's these conflicts that people are talking about, and maybe that's the best compliment that I can pay you on, on this. It doesn't feel as canned as a lot of these interviews. It really does feel like a lot of emotional, sincere revealing of how they felt about making these incredible well, classics. I'll tell you a little trick I use to do that. Before the interview starts, I say to everybody, every interview I do, I say this, I go, do you know who Teddy Ruxpin is? Nine out of 10 times, they say no. And I say, Teddy Ruxpin was a, a bear, an animatronic bear that you could buy in the 80s. And if you poked him in the stomach, he would say one of about 72 saying, I don't want you to pull a Teddy Ruxpin. <laughs> That's really good. That's really good. <laughs> 30% of the time, they understand what I mean. 70% of the time, they're like, what the hell are you talking about? And I say to them, I know you do panels. I know you do press. I know you do conventions. And I do those things myself now. I mean, that's sort of new, mm -hmm. but I know how easy it is and how comfortable it is to fall into these quick stories that you know they're going to make people laugh or you know they're going to go, ooh, don't do that. Mm -hmm. We don't want to hear your Teddy Ruxpin stuff. Tell us stuff you've never said. That's the first thing. The second thing is I, I'm not going to say it's everybody, but. I tend to do very long interviews and those interviews kind of grind people down. So by the, and I don't do it to grind people down. It just happens. By the way, I get ground down too. So at the end, if I've earned their trust, I'll say to them, is there anything I didn't ask you where you don't understand with all the research we did with all of Netflix's money? How did we not know to ask you that question? That's a great question. That's a great way to phrase it. 80% of the time, we get at least one piece of gold. This dovetails perfectly to a question that Max and I have for you that we talked about before. And again, I, I say specific to the 80s movies, right? So the ones that we were looking at, Dirty Dancing, Ghostbusters, Die Hard, Back to the Future, Friday the 13th, Robocop, which on its own merit, we could talk about for like days because you can't live it. You can't live in Michigan and be from the Metro Detroit area without saying that you got Barry Sanders and RoboCop are the, the two voice. most, they're the two. Should I do the, yeah, do the voice. Boddicker. This is <laughs> on, on the show. This is all we do all the time. Dick Jones. Like it, it's, we talk about RoboCop too much. Probably. Or the nuclear waste that haunts my dreams yeah. forever. The fingers, am, how they described it and all. I couldn't believe it. I, I would say after star Wars and star Trek and maybe Batman, 
uh, RoboCop's probably my guy. We did you by any chance see the Toys That Made Us Star Wars episode? I did not. I recommend you watch we it. Definitely, hundred percent, absolutely. But I think you'll like it if I'm reading you right. But <laughs> we do this thing. I'm trying to think what episode of movies that made the the Dirty Dancing episode. Oh, that's a great episode. Is that was my second Bravo? favorite. Okay, then let's talk about Dirty Dancing. We do this thing in every episode. Curious to see if you figured it out. No. No, I, I outside of I love your intros. The bring, play, you always bringing the one character person back to a set that they at the very well, end. Yes, but we call it the RoboCop, and we have from the beginning of oh, Toys no. That Made Us. My favorite RoboCop is the Star Wars episode. Okay, but the Dirty Dancing episode is probably a close second. Where it's inspired by the scene where RoboCop goes back to Murphy's house, and it keeps cutting back and forth between the memory and reality. Yeah, yeah, the trashed house versus when his wife is hiding in her negligee and running around exactly. the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So if you watch those again, you will see Oh, that's so cool. That's some, awesome. They come out they come out <laughs> some come out better than others. Some t- like Ed to the one we did with uh what do you call it? Ed Newmeyer. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that that couldn't have gone better. So it was meta, as the kids say. We did a RoboCop during our RoboCop. Do you know, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but there was a fundraiser that took place in Michigan to build a statue of RoboCop that it's built now and it's just kind of resting because of COVID. It can't be placed. But like I said, I could talk forever about RoboCop. But the reason I brought up all the different movies that were from the 80s, and again, take creative freedom if there's something outside of the 80s and those that you want to discuss. You said mining for gold. I would love to know of all of the gold that you found, what are three or four of these moments where you're like, oh my God, I can't believe that that happened. I mean, not to give you the cliched answer, but I mean, there's just so many. Right. Like, oh my God. Like, uh, let's just use Robocop as an example. Peter Weller, who uh, we kind of did a solid by him. We had a lot of people say not the greatest things about him. And I'm a big believer in not punching down. Yep. Mm. Um, I still want to be truthful and tell the story accurately, but I don't like being, me- by the way, John Landis, who is not happy with the episode, he should give me a million dollars for what we didn't use. Right. Like, oh, man, I want to see this that guy. <laughs> I mean, the saying he did himself no favors has never been more accurate than his interview. The point where I'm like, are you aware this thing is recording everything you're saying and doing? Like, uh, yeah. By the way, what's his name? Uh, who, uh, John McTiernan's interview? McTiernan's a great example. Like, we've we've read. I mean, we and we same. We're in literally yeah, the, in the FBI same boat. Investigation. We don't we don't like punching down. And even to the point where we're like, look, when he cleans everything up, we'll have him on the show. We'll make a movie. We we wanted to do a prequel to Predator called uh, Mac and um, Mac and Cheese. Mac and Cheese that was about the relationship between Ventura and Mac, like when they're yeah. in what was the Afghanistan? Afghanistan. Yeah, Jesus, come on. Man, I'm sorry i'm sorry i'm nervous <laughs> my brain froze good, good luck booking him yeah right <laughs> we, uh, we, when we tried to book him took about seven months uh he his wife or girlfriend told us literally on our first finally when we got her on the phone she was like yeah just so you know he's evo- he's evading the law right now oh my god <laughs> like, uh, all right never heard, never heard that before that's a good excuse how do you do that <laughs> well, why would you tell people i know right <laughs> here here's the better question how do you do an interview while you're evading the law? And actually a better question than that is why do you do an interview when you're evading the law? Incredible. 
We had to go to LAX, not knowing where we were flying. We then told him we were there. He then told us what city he was in. <laughs> oh, my God. This is the coolest we story the ever. <laughs> we bought the tickets, flew to the city, landed, told him we landed, and then we were told to go to a hotel. We go to the hotel. By the grace of God, their conference room was open and we could rent it. And that's how we got that interview. Like, oh my that's... God. That's how this show gets made. That's amazing. I mean, that's that's incredible. <laughs> that that answers my, I mean, I would treat that as probably the, the biggest piece of gold, but this lends itself to the next question, which is what are some of the movies, specifically 80s movies that either because Netflix maybe didn't want them or because you didn't find enough calamity Yeah, that was going on, but that in your mind you, you wish were on there or maybe future you're looking at having on there. I, I would love to know, you know, Max and I have our list, but uh, for Max, it's mannequin, but real genius too. <laughs> and real genius. Yeah. That's a good question. Um, you know, they're not crazy about us doing what I would call hardcore sci-fi. Uh, Robocop was almost a favor to me. Um, you know, Terminator's tough. Predators even tougher because you really want at least a three quadrant film, mm -hmm. let alone four. You want old people. You want young people. You want boys. You want girls. So Predator traditionally is just older men. Guilty. Like, I can't, I got <laughs> yeah, guilty, guilty as charged. <laughs> yeah, none of my kids want to watch Predator so or Running Man or whatever. I, I watch Running Man over the break. And my kids literally were like, it's like the TV wasn't even on. Did you just tell them it was based on a Stephen King novel. It was an educational experience, right? Tell me to chill out. <laughs> all, all, you, your kids must be older than mine. No, no, no. Kids, mine are little. <laughs> all they care about is YouTube. How old are your kids? Seven, six, and three. Oh, we're in the same world pretty much. I've got a 10-year-old daughter, uh, eight-year-old son, and a six-year-old daughter. And they just think it's cool that dad talks on a microphone. The content part of it, although that's not entirely true. Like, they like Muppets and Labyrinth like, and so, stuff. Like Goonies, The Labyrinth, some of my favorites. I'm a huge Jim Henson nut. That actually would be, I would... How could anything go wrong on those sets? Oh, no, there's a ton of a ton of fascinating stuff. Frank Oz, when he was given his first opportunity to direct, whatever. I, I could go on forever. I'm a Jim Henson nut. Forgetting for a minute the marketing piece of it. Just from your heartstrings, what are the movies that you would just love? You say sci-fi. So, like, are you a Akira fan? Because I would think that'd be a real fascinating one to hop into. So, it's funny. Akira is what I call a Monet. And what I mean by that is I had heard how great Monet was my whole life. And then I went to a museum, and I'm sitting there looking at Monet, and I'm like, what's the big deal about this? And my mom said to me, she goes, you have to understand what art was like before Monet. And I always found that very interesting because, I mean, that says a lot about Monet as a trendsetter. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, it also says a lot about him as an artist. A, 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 compa a comparison would be Magritte. Magritte maybe didn't change art, but you look at his art and you're like, oh, my God, right. this is the most creative thing I've ever seen. What a genius. Akira, to appreciate it, you have to look at what Japanimation looked like when Akira came out. Right, right. And then you have to see what it looked like after it came out. Akira changed everything. Right. Mm. I've seen Akira three times, maybe. I couldn't tell you what the hell is going on. I have no <laughs> idea. I, I, the, the minute the VO at the beginning or the word stop, I'm like, uh, yeah, not, why, why is his arm a bazooka or whatever? Like, it's just so weird to me. Yeah. So I respect it. But I would never want to make an episode about it. Maybe more, uh, maybe more sliding Rathacon in there would be more up Dude. your alley. <laughs> well, I got to do Rathacon for center seat. So that I, I, I scratched that itch. It would be Terminator 
Blade Runner. Oh, that'd be a great one. There Will Be Blood, which is my favorite movie that's not Star Wars or Star Trek. I'm finished. Um, <laughs> right. Funny. It's funny. I'm glad you said that because everybody always talks about the milkshake. Mm-hmm. Drainage. I'm finished. That's the line. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When he's just collapsed on the floor. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's but, but even better than that line is like the penultimate line where he's like, I told you. I told you I would kill you. Because <laughs> like, remember when they're walking out of the church after he forces him to baptize? Yeah. He whispers in his ear. And Paul Dano should have won an Oscar just for his reaction to what he's saying in his ear. And then at the end of the movie, he's like, I told you. I told you I was going to kill you. It's an amazing movie. Dano's the best screaming no, actor sorry, of all I time. Screwed up, I screwed up. I screwed up. He doesn't say kill you. He says eat you. That's what he says. He goes, I'm, I, I told you. I told you I was going to eat you. So usually when we do our show, I feel like Max and I have a good stronghold. It's like going to trivia night. We know that we're going to clean up and do pretty good. And I was just like, all right, well, we're basically uh, two Padawans that are going to go hang out with uh, Obi-Wan for a while. So we'll see how this plays with Yoda. out. <laughs> He's 900 years old. <laughs> we have a, a segment that we do called the Buzz in the Tower Fan Spotlight. Today's Buzz in the Tower Spotlight is Jason Cole. You can find him on Instagram at Trilympic, T-R-I-L-Y-M, as in Moses, P-I-C. You like the Moses I threw in there? Yeah. Super cool dude. Chats with us all the time. He is one of those guys who every time an episode comes out, he's giving us feedback. He's what I like to call one of Max's buddies. Yeah. Max has got his little group of- uh, Max's minions. Oh, I like that. Max's minions. Yeah. (laughs) Give him a little cute yellow stickers. There you go. Or, uh, well, no, we're 80, so we do got to do the gate. Yeah. Oh, the gate. That's yeah. right. The minions. minions. Yeah. I love that you've seen the gate. <laughs> yeah. These are, these are always tough because we hoped that Brian would show up. Brian did show up. So we asked him, what would you ask Brian? What are your thoughts on the movies that made us? So let's play what he had to say and get Brian's feedback. Hey, Mo and Max. Jason Cole here. Thanks for letting me buzz the tower. Love your show and can't wait to hear from Brian Volkweiss. Now let's turn and burn. Brian, you've created a must-watch series with the movies that made us. Truly a gift to anyone who is a fan of movies. And let's face it, who isn't a fan of movies? As an 80s kid, I wasn't just a fan. I practically lived at the theater. Every Friday, I'd rush out to our driveway, grab this thing called a newspaper, and find showtimes. I'd even skip lunch to save money for the latest weekend releases, which at the time were only $2.75. Where did my love for movies begin? Some might say it all started in the summer of 1985. I was spending the summer on my grandparents' farm in small town Texas and somehow convinced my 80-year-old grandpa to drive me 10 miles to town to see some unknown movie called Back to the Future. Well, great Scott. I had no idea what an impact that movie would have on me. Genius storytelling, action-packed adventure with an awesome soundtrack. I love that you kicked off season two with Back to the Future. The -the behind-the-scenes footage and interviews provide insight into my favorite 80s movie, the movie that made me. That brings me to my question. What's the 80s movie that made you? It's literally two. It it can't be one and it's not three. Um, Star Wars, um, my entire career was because of Star Wars. I was young enough when I saw it that I didn't really know what a movie was. I didn't know the word documentary, but if you listen to what I was saying about it, you would think that I thought Star Wars was a documentary because I was telling my mom when I, you know, people would say to me, hey, Brian, what do you want to be when you grow up? I would, I want to be an X-Wing pilot. And I was dead serious. That's awesome. 
So that's the movie that inspired my career. I live in California because of that movie, yada, yada, yada. The other movie that literally changed the course of my life was Wrath of Khan. It's the closest thing I have to a Bible or a code of conduct. Like, I'm not religious. I was never in the military. The The rules of life that I follow primarily come from Wrath of Khan. You know, that's fascinating to me because... And this is a, a sweeping generalization, but when you get to the real passion, you usually don't find people that sit in both camps. Like when you get the real movie lovers, it's usually Star Wars or Star Trek and that you have those two as your favorites. Because for years, again, I don't know why, Forever, for whatever reason, it was uh, Spock talking to whales. That was my favorite one. Like I couldn't wrap my head around liking. I was, I'm, I'm a Star Wars guy first. And that was the only one I liked in Star Trek. But Max and I did an episode on our favorite sci-fi movies. And we went back and we and we watched all these movies again. I'm like, my God, Wrath of Khan is good. It's the best. It really, really the is. The freak me out every I, time. But everything about it, like it's, it. Star, the thing I always find, and I'd be curious if you feel similar, the thing that I always find fascinating about Star Trek is that it has this soap opera feel to it, but you never really get wrapped up in it being too sweet and too sugary. Yeah. It's it's not you're not getting a cavity watching it, but you're also conscious of the fact that whether it's Shatner and the relationships, it's it's a really good caricature drawing. It's the, the ears are bigger than they should be, the face is bigger, but it doesn't stop you from enjoying it, which I think most movies, you know, it's almost like parody to a certain degree, but it doesn't feel like parody. Yeah, no, no, no. I I, I think that's a really good point. C Max, what I I I, 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 I know. I like Star Trek more than you. <laughs> you do. I, yeah. I go Star Wars hard. Thus my shirt. I got my Star Wars shirt. Well, on. One's philosophical and one's like kind of big sprawling adventure in yeah. a different way. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. Yeah. Vulcan logic. So Brian, now that we've worn you down and talked to you, is there anything that we didn't cover? <laughs> you <laughs> that you because it was a good it was a good question. No, I mean I want to be respectful of your time, and again I want to reiterate how much we appreciate appreciate you hopping on the show with us. I also want to tell you that when you start producing the podcasts that made us, you come directly to us. Nobody <laughs> okay. is nobody is going to interfere with you. We're going to be available for whatever and whenever you need us. Again, specific to no, I'm going to come from an airport. Yeah, yeah, I'm we're going to give you an undisclosed location <laughs> and a duffel bag of money and just it's best to meet us there. Uh, These are called callbacks. Right, right. <laughs> is there anything kind of in the 80s realm of film that I missed or didn't ask that you're sitting there thinking, oh man, if these guys love 80s movies, they should have asked me blank. You know, again, it, it's always such a tricky question because, I mean, it's just so many 80s movies. I, I mean, I, I love Beverly Hills Cop. I love, um, I mean, love Beverly Hills Cop. I love Beverly Hills Cop too. Um, do, you think an, do you think an argument, do, do you think an argument can be made for Beverly Hills Cop 2 being a little bit better than Beverly Hills Cop 1? 100%. Yeah. Good. 100%. It's a bigger tapestry. It, you know, again, a first movie can't be its best because it is the first movie right. usually. Mm -hmm. So that's that's what's so great about It's like they don't have to spend time telling you where Axel Foley comes from. It can get right to the action. But the other thing the movie did, which is very unusual, is it took who ended up become, I, have, I am obsessed with Ronnie Cox. Like I love, of course, because you love you, on the planet. You love you love RoboCop. You have to. I love RoboCop, <laughs> but it, a lot of it also comes from he did a two-parter Next Generation episode. That's oh, very cool. My second favorite Star Trek episode of all time. Good old Bogomil. But, <laughs> the, 
the fact that's that's good. The fact <laughs> that he was kind of the bad guy in the first one, ninety two percent of the ninety nine percent of the first movie, yeah. and then they make him like the pathos inducing heart of the second movie. That's very unusual. Um, and I think that's a big part. And also Bridget Nielsen was just on point. I mean, so good. I mean, that's her best just, performance. Definitely. Well, yeah. Cause you're comparing yeah. it to Cobra and Rocky four. <laughs> She's a treasure. All right. <laughs> she kind of dug her in Rocky four, but that's, that's, that's for another podcast. <laughs> This is why we're so excited to have you on. Even in just talking to you, we can see the passion that you have for these movies. And what do you think it is about the 80s? This is something that we talk about all the time. We have people that reach out to us on our Instagram page. We have, we're very lucky to. Like, I, it's very hard for me to be humble. Max has to remind me. I will be humble for a second. Our podcast has had a great deal of success for only being around one year, and a lot of people are into it. But I attribute right. a lot of that to there is just something about these movies, whether you're talking about they live wrath of Khan, or you're going to robocop or you're going to beverly hills cop or you're going to all these incredible movies ghostbusters the again the movies you picked are some of our all-time favorite movies oh, yeah. dirty dancing footloose flash dance i mean you name it the top 20 you hit nine of them, oh my basically. gosh but what what happened in film during this decade where i mean i can look there's 90s movies i love right i wish we could talk about point break i wish it was made a year earlier it is an 80s movie technically. It, it's technically built in the 80s but uh, shown in the 90s but in your mind what is it about that decade that just brought this flavor you know I, i'm a big fan of analogies so i'm going to give you an analogy and i'm a big fan of star trek so I'm going to give you a Star Trek analogy. Is this going to be in Klingon? Because I'll get my decoder no. out. Okay. No. My, Klingon, my Klingon is very limited. Um, so they shot Star Trek Next Generation, the series, for eight years. Um, same sets. They built the sets for the pilot, and then they stood for eight years. Then they decide they're going to make a movie. takes place on the same ship. They're going to use the same set. So they start filming in sickbay, and they film this whole scene in sickbay. It was filmed, so they sent the data to get to the lab to get printed. The film came back, and they start editing it, and the editor says, oh, no. Here's why he said, oh, no. In sickbay, on one of the walls, the main wall that was always in the background, there were all these big tubes filled with colors. And you could kind of tell they were pills, but it was, you know, it was just basically, it was usually soft focus, whatever, and it was just colors. But that's because they shot the show on low res. Like, I think they shot it. They shot the show on Super 16 that they then transferred to video and they edited it on video and they delivered it to the networks on video. And we watched it at home on video. When they shot the scene for the movie, they were shooting it on 35 millimeter. And what the editor noticed was that you could clearly tell all those bottles were full of M&Ms. You could see the M's written on every single one of them because the resolution was so sharp. So they had to reshoot everything. That's the 80s. The technology was great, but it wasn't perfect. So there was still this cartoonish kind of larger than life vibe to the 80s movies, because first of all, they picked ridiculous premises mm -hmm. because they had courage to greenlight ridiculous movies, but then they were shot on an imperfect medium that just made everything look better and bigger. 
So now you watch, you know, uh, Inception. Great movie. A-plus film. But it's not larger than life. It's not as ridiculous as the, the premise is. It'll never beat great reference. They live. Like, and there was also this kind of like weird to call it confidence isn't even the right word. But like, you know, I'm, I was watching Running Man the other day. And like, you have hundreds of people making that movie. You have somebody at the studio greenlighting that movie. It's ludicrous. Oh my God. You got a guy dressed up like a Christmas tree. You, you got, got the host of The Price is Right. The host of The Price is Right on there. It was amazing. You got a guy people can't even understand as your lead. Like, it shouldn't have worked. It shouldn't have been greenlit. It shouldn't have been made. But it was. And it's fantastic. And a movie, like, again, look at, look. I mean, luckily now you can do compare and contrast. Look at Total Recall in the 80s. Or was that 90? 90, 90, 90, yeah. We only, we, we, we only know that because it it's brutal that we can never talk about it because we love it. When it, it was came out 90? Yep. I think 90 or 91, yeah. 90. All right, but it was, it was Greenland. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Close enough. Like, look at that, and then look at the reboot. And I'm not just talking about how they effed up the, the, the plot. Like, look at the way it looks. Right. Mm. It, the 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 technology and whatever year the original was made it looked by the way let's use robocop oh my god yeah the but that's that goes back to practical effects versus cgi like I, and i don't know if that's just a product of me being old but i love i mean never ending story no it's not that i'll never forget my daughter when she was four or five was well, i was watching it was such a cliche but i was actually watching star trek 2 and she walked by and i'll never forget my daughter goes it was this there was it was a shot of the enterprise uh flying by or whatever and my daughter goes wow why does it look so good there's something there's something about that re- to your point i loved your well, analogy it looks yeah good. it looks I mean, great it looks yeah i mean it looks real yeah i mean it looks completely real yeah i mean again quoting your own show it was it was great to be watching this is both true for aliens and for robocop but they wanted practical effects. They went to lengths to create things that nobody would do today, whether it's using, you know, foam and an the extended tra- the, arm. The trash bags and uh, foam cords. Yeah, the, I mean, that, mother alien. that's yeah. incredible <laughs> to me. And those groups, the Stan Winston uh, Predator and all the, these, that's probably that's probably what I found of, of all the things in your episodes, what I really like the most and find the most fascinating is the teams within the teams. So when they're bringing in these like small pods of guys, whether it's, you know, Wes Craven, and Friday the 13th Friday, yeah, or creating oh. <laughs> the glove. And I, that's to me, like I, if we had flipped it and you'd ask me what I think the eighties, I think in the eighties, you had a lot of these kind of rogue groups of people breaking off from larger groups and finding their own way to create things. And as a result of that, it had a little bit of dirt on it and I, and I liked it and it was more tangible and visceral. And I, I just, th- those movies still stand up to this day. They're great. I'm biased, but I agree. And I do have to <laughs> jump. I apologize. No problem at all. Thank you again so much for coming on, Brian. And uh, and again, thank you any, for the invite. No, our pleasure. Awesome. And if you ever need us for anything, let us know because we're basically best friends now. So, and we'll definitely be in touch in the future because we just we adore what you're doing and whatever we can snag you, we're going to try. And if you're ever pushing something out or you've got something that you're trying, our our community is the community that like praise at your altar. So please let us know how we can support you because it honestly, the synergy between what we do and what you're putting out there is very real. And we want to give as much push as we can uh, to help you with that. I appreciate that very much. Uh, And certainly do not take it for granted. 
Awesome. Thank you, sir. Have a great one. Later. You too. Stay warm, guys. We'll do. Bye. Well, Max, you were right. He sh- he came. He saw. He conquered. Did he conquer? Well, he, I gotta tell you, he was super was mutual. Friendship. He was super super tight on time. So again, beyond appreciative for Brian hopping on. He went over though. He, he went way over his time, yeah. which is why I, when we were cutting, well, we it, dangled Star Trek and Star Wars in front of him. Well, we were cutting <laughs> at the end, and I was like, "All right, try to make a smooth transition." And he's like, "Oh, he's gone." So yeah. at least we can do it now. Uh, it was just an honor to have him on the show, and it really is so cool to meet these people that have that same type of passion for these movies and his behind the scenes stories and just having to basically meet McTinneran in an undisclosed location. Yeah, yeah. That's just incredible to We're me. We're going to do that at some point. For with someone, right? Gary Busey. That'll be our version of our Gary Busey. I think Busey you can just meeting. call Gary Busey and be like, No, no, who is here. it? Uh, Quaid. Randy Quaid. Oh, he, yeah, he he's, he's on the lamb, I he think. Is. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly, we're not saying he is. So great episode, Brian. Thank you so much for joining Buzz in the Tower. It was a blast to have you. And uh, Max, what do you have to close, or what do we have to say, or have I forgotten things? Follow us, like us, give us reviews. Spotify at Buzz in the Tower. Sigourney, if you're listening, I love you. There you go. Is that how you're gonna close? I'm gonna close I'm with that. I'm gonna close with one more big thank you to our new best friend, who we're gonna call until he puts a restraining order against us. Brian Volkweiss, thank you so much for joining Buzz in the Tower. To all of our fans, if you haven't watched his Netflix show, The Movies That Made Us, go watch it right now. Season Great three show. is 90% 80s. It is. Ooh, 90-80. Oh, yeah, I guess so. 90 yeah. There you go. That's not tricky. And, Hall- and Halloween's close. 78. It's, it's very close. Uh, Max, say goodnight. 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 You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.